Hello and welcome to Let the Bird Fly, a podcast about living freely in a world given back to us. This is Wade here in the podcast studio, joined by my dear friend and colleague, Michael Berg. Um, Jason is not here, but I think, um, sounds like he may join us again in July. Does that sound right, Michael? Yeah, I don't, is he back from Europe? He's, I believe he's back from Europe and maybe even back from Minnesota now. Okay. So we may be reaching um, that point in which our regular guest, I think he's been demoted to regular guest. Is yeah, has he, is he going to like other vacations like Australia or uh, space? I'm assuming he has something planned. Yeah, yeah maybe that um, Just a little, little jaunt here and there. Yeah. yeah. Um, but we are here today and we are recording what might be a shorter episode, but we'll see. Um, <clears throat> we wanted to get something out this week. I get to drive to uh, to Marion, Iowa for baseball. So, huh. good old Marion, yeah. Iowa. You ever heard of Marion, Iowa, Michael? They're known for their football, are they not? Are they really? I oh, okay. I have not. So, I will be exploring that what, for the what first time. What big city is it around? Cleveland, I don't know. Cincinnati, I just know Columbus. it's four hours. Okay. It, um, so, it's uh, Iowa, not Ohio. So, Oh, Iowa. Uh, I thought it was Ohio. Okay. Yeah. I, was, I, I got mixed up. Oh, I think Ohio. You're right about the football. Yeah. yeah. I, I heard that. And then, okay. So I get to get up early Thursday. And I think it was Merry Men in Ohio. Yeah. We're all messed up today. Anyway, go ahead. Yes. Um, and so uh, we're going to have a maybe a shorter episode. We'll see. Um, but we're going to be talking about the pastor's office. And I, I don't think this has to be strictly pastor in the parish, but just those of us... Uh, um, who have a study, who have an office where we uh, hopefully study, but also as an office, it's where we carry out our office, our position, our ministry, um, meeting with people as well. In our case, students, colleagues um, in the parish, members, if you're a pastor in a parish that has a school, members, students, mm-hmm. uh, non-members, all that fun stuff. Um, but we'll be talking about the pastor's office. We are Part of the 1517 Podcasting Network, uh, you can go to 1517.org, check out all the good stuff there. They got books, they got blog posts, academy courses, all sorts of stuff that you can check out. Um, and otherwise, let's make this a short intro, Michael. Why don't you just go ahead and give us our disclaimer? The show doesn't speak for our churches, our church bodies, or our employers. To be honest, much of the time, it probably doesn't speak for us. We'll be thinking out loud a lot. So approach what you hear with a healthy skepticism, because well, as a responsible resident of planet Earth, that's probably what you should generally do with almost everything. If you find yourself getting too worked up, tune out, look around, and realize you were just listening to a podcast. That's right, a podcast. So go live free, friends, and don't let us get in the way. And that brings us to our our main topic. Uh, Mike is going to be is going to be carrying us today because I'm a little distracted. I was going to start with the pastor's office. The first thing I want to start with was where do you put your coffee? Yeah, and uh, and so Michael's entertained by this. Um, I'm going to be actually riding my bike back and doing some searching because I didn't realize that this. Had, I thought I had found everything, but I hit a couple bumps. Mm. 
pedaling it on my bicycle today. A, a bump in the road that has become now a metaphorical bump in your life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. And the worst part is this one I knew was there. It's one of these like raised things, mm-hmm. like a, a hump. Would you call mm-hmm. it? A, would the, the asphalt goes up and you know they haven't fixed it and they're not going to fix it for a while, but you right. know that it's going to be. And I, and I, boom, jostled. And my, my Yeti, I don't know what you call the size. We're trying to figure that out. It flew out. And I heard this noise. Metal on. Boom. On, and it's yeah. just rolling. And then the little lid, it was rolling. And I I did a nice little skid stop. Mm-hmm. And then I uh, went and I got the lid. And I forgot about the magnetic slider. Mm. That, that, um, that that's a thing. And you came in, by the way, came in with two water bottles and this. You are, you have, you this always come with This is the coffee refill, which I that's thankfully right. brought because... Yeah. I lost all the yeah. coffee in my you, you When you walk, you come with baggage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Lots of baggage. Metaphorically and also with that. Now, uh, when Wade comes into this studio and he's having a bad day, usually he says one of two things. Um, why do bad things happen to good people? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Today you just said, why do these ha- things happen to me? Right. I was. I just figured you would. Uh, you would assume I'm a good person. Yeah, and um, you're very frustrated by this to the point where um, you've been looking online for a replacement. You may even look back and try to find this uh, piece of your. Oh, I am mug. going back. Yeah. So um, it's a big deal. We get it. But you're a trooper, and you're going to keep fighting. And so we're going to talk about the um, uh, the pastor's office. And I think there's a couple of things. One is. What is the office for? Um, and I think maybe an underrated thing, what does the office look like, right? Uh, you and I, uh, maybe guest preaching, uh, visiting other churches, visiting colleagues, uh, have been in a fair amount of pastor's offices, right? And it actually does matter what it looks like. And uh, this is going to sound judgment- judgmental, and it is. Um, but I always thought that you could probably tell a lot about the pastor by looking at his bookshelves. And uh, if the guy's got a gazillion books, that may be a good thing, but it actually may be a bad thing, right? This guy spends all his time in his office and not with his people. If you get into an office and he's got, okay, he's got his Bible, he's got his, his books that, you and I know were required texts um, from from our college days. And there's some uh, people's Bibles, which are fine volumes, but they are meant for the laity, commentaries on books for the laity. And that's about it. Um, that may be a red flag. Now, he may have books at, in a different location. He may have a lot of online resources. This is why I think it's maybe a little bit too judgmental. Um, but there are times when you can say, this guy's maybe not as serious about getting in depth as maybe he should be, right? Again, the other side is, this guy's probably spending a lot of time on uh, you know, some pretty obscure stuff, which is good, which is fine, but you wonder if he is able to be out in the world with his people, right? So there is something about the bookshelves, uh, less and less, of course, as we 
Uh, a lot of people are swift shifting to more, more online sources, but books still still are being sold. They still there's still a market for this kind of thing. The the death of the book has been overly exaggerated, right? So, um, wh what do you think about that? Am I being too judgmental about that? And and maybe ask this question: uh, the titles matter too. What is this guy interested in? Is there a broad sense of of reading that he's doing, right? Is he reading broadly? Is there, is there things from all over the place or is it just kind of, how do you make your church a better, you know, fill in the blank kind of thing? Um, you know, uh, what do you think? Am I being too judgmental there? Yeah. What do you, if you were just to switch it a little bit, if you were mm -hmm. looking at um, magnetic sliders for mm -hmm. Yetis, would you go, would you trust an aftermarket magnetic no. slider or you would go? I, I need to know the prices. I would suggest to you that you buy the whole top instead of trying to put this new magnetic into an old top. I just wouldn't trust that it would be leak proof. So what's the price difference between the magnetic slider that slides open and close, right? You can sip out out of the whole. Well, it looks like I could just order the whole new mug or a tumbler. It looks like it's a Rambler tumbler. Okay. For $35. Okay. But I've got memories with this one. Okay. All right. I, uh, how much just for the lid? Yeah. It looks like I could get a three-pack of them for $15 or maybe just one for 10 for the sliders. For the lids, um, a two-pack of the whole lid, and this is aftermarket. This is not okay. factory, would be $14.99. I would go with the lids. I feel like I look at them and know that they're not actual Yeti. Mm -hmm. You need to go to the Yeti website then. I did. Okay. It was unsatisfactory. Okay. Right. If they're listening, love the product. Yeah. But it could be easier to find stuff on the website. Yeah. All right. But anyway. Should I judge a pastor by the titles on his shelf? Like if my coffee mug were on my shelf? No. And it said. The titles of his it books. It said Yeti. On his shelf. Oh, that's my question to you. Should I judge the pastor? Yeah, I think there was a day where I had heard more than a few um, circuit pastors um, talk about that that was something when they went to met with the pastor, that whether or not they made clear that's what they were doing, that they were looking. Um, Part to, of the puzzle. Right. To get a sense for, um, I would say there are some guys who are like way big on the logos now or logos, mm -hmm. logos. How are we saying this for the company? I've heard it both ways and I've been criticized both ways. So I don't yeah. care. Um, and so uh, there may be a lot who are doing kind of the electrical. Um, but I will also note that one of the better pieces of advice that I think we got at seminary and it was a, a speaker came an evening speaker. Maybe it was Craig Parton. Um, who talked about the pastor's library as resource for his people, mm -hmm. um, and and that um, to be able to to loan your mm -hmm. members a book or give a book to uh, now in in that case if you're just giving out books to people, maybe the church needs to have like a budget line to and a library to pastor maybe, out. yeah, yeah. Um, but um, but to have to be able to point and say oh this could be useful, um, and so I would say in that sense that is a benefit of a book as opposed to something on your computer. Um, 
but there is there are advantages to some of the stuff on the computer. I have Luther's works on the computer, and then I have physical copies. Mm. But on the computer, to be able to like search. Oh, I know. I'm trying to remember. Luther said this, but where did he say it? That can take a long time using the index with the um, with the whole set. Uh, but yes, on the whole, um, I wouldn't just say uh, with parish pastors. I um, when I go into to colleagues' offices and they come into mine, I can tell. Right, one of the things we're interested in is looking at each other's libraries, and some of them who are more curious and maybe either have less social grace or are just more comfortable. They wander around and they just mm-hmm. start start looking. Um, and I think part of that, um, and I'm joking about that, I, I'm happy when they wander around and look. Um, the nice thing about my library is after eight years here now, it was in order and now it's not. So like, mm-hmm. there's no rhyme or reason if they were actually trying to find something. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I, I actually find that to be endearing because it, there's a theological interest usually behind yeah. them doing that. Um, and so I do think... Um, There is, uh, I would agree with you, if all the books are simply what we had to read in some, um, then that is concerning to me. Because that was a warning we got at seminary, to be very fair to our seminary Mm -hmm. professors, um, was, right, the point of our education was to prepare us to be engaged for life in theology. Um, And, uh, you know, there was, and this is, I think, why, like, the growing grace in that has started. Uh, an awareness of the need which is to something keep, from our Wisconsin Lutheran right. Seminary book reviews stuff like that yeah to keep um, skills sharp right. and I will say there's just things where my own skills are much less sharp. Hebrew for me yeah. um, is not what it was I can still get by and, and there's resources to help you um, but just of all the languages Hebrew is the one I've used the, the least um, I would say there's um Definitely areas, um, I mean, of the scriptures themselves. Um, I, the lectionary texts I'm much more familiar with than, say, um, you know, this summer I, I'm uh, starting I want to read through, you know, Kings, Chronicles, Samuel, these books, um, because some of the stuff in there with the, that I that I really do enjoy, these accounts. Yeah. Um, but the lectionary doesn't get you there, that, and yeah. I'm not teaching it. Yeah, whereas if you give me an epistle of Paul... I'm probably more familiar with that now than I would have been, you know, coming out of some. Um, and so I would say, um, yeah, if there's a lot of the some note binders and the required some text, but not much else. And that's not to say pastors have a ton of money and have cool. to be. There's ways to get books through the some library, whatever. Um, but I think we, we all know kind of the vibes of that, like you can tell, stagnant type library. Um, and my fear sometimes is that those people are still reading. It's just they're not reading um, books, whether physical or on logos. They're reading online, mm-hmm. right? Um, or even worse, they're listening to podcasts, mm-hmm. right? And um, and that, while those can be useful things, and you like listening to podcasts, and I like listening to podcasts, and um, I do try to plug in to see what's going online, Um it's a, a a very different sort of engagement, you know, yeah. uh, and that's where I sometimes even I'll say I get nervous um, when we someone compliments something on the podcast. I'm fine with that, right? But um, but there's like a vigor to it that maybe like 
okay, they're they're taking this and running with it now. Like this thing that we meant to be like opening a conversation mm-hmm. or like, hey, here's things to consider. Mm-hmm. Like it should never be that, that you listen to a podcast episode and certainly not one of our podcast episodes. And like that now is the final word. Yeah, on. Yeah. So like not, now you're going to go and run with it. Um, There's something different about putting something in print, right? And going having an editorial process, having a book that you can go back to, some commentaries that, uh, right? Having that on the shelf and seeing on that, um, especially I like to see, and I I have in the more prominent places for myself, um, the books that you can keep returning mm-hmm. to, if mm-hmm. that makes sense. Yep. So not just that you have your Bible and your Book of Concord out, which is nice, um, but you can kind of tell like here's some like. You can tell where the traffic is going. Um, but I think also as, I think that was maybe pardon, to have that as a resource for members, um, that, that when they're sitting in your office or they're talking to you and they go, oh, that looks interesting. Mm-hmm. That can be a good way to kind of yep. peak interest in something as well. Or when you, when you, I'll, you know, you, you can see where it's kind of like, uh, you know, you, you know where things are on the page. You don't know the page number. You may not know the verse, but you can, that was in the upper right. S- same with kind of your books. And I don't know how many times I have a conversation. I go, I want, I want you to, I want you to read from this, or I'm going to give you this book or whatever. And then I search and search, but I know it's somewhere up here, right? That, that's kind of a similar thing that they're looking and you're looking. Let, let me just kind of uh, fight back against uh, the idea. Um, th- there's some truth to this idea that there's a lot of people who put their books up like dead soldiers. Right, mm-hmm. these are notches on your belt. Right, look, I did all this. Look, I look smart. Um, and I'll hear sometimes, I, you know, it's uh, books are to be borrowed out and given away. Right, you don't keep them. You often that comes from somebody who maybe is not, I don't know, as well read as they want to be. Maybe right. For the and I get that. That's fine. For the pastor, though. Um, you don't get to choose that, right? When somebody comes into you, into your office, they should feel like um, they're welcome there. This is for pastoral care, but also that you kind of know what you're talking about, right? So um, you may say, oh, I don't That's need- why I have a sign that says, this guy knows what he's talking yeah. about. You know, you may, you, you may want to be super humble, like you are really proud of your humility that you're not going to have all your books on these shelves like those other guys right you're 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 humble right you're we're very good at being proud of our humility but that right is still about yourself right it's not about the about the the parishioner right it's kind of the same way like how i choose to dress when i when i i'm going to preside at the service right usually think about it as as yourself sometimes not necessarily as as uh, as the parishioner sees you, right? And that's a whole other debate. Um, but the physical book does matter. It can be lent out. It can be seen. It can be touched. It can be returned to, right? Yes, you can have online sources, and I'm not against that, right? But there's a reason why the publishing is- industry has not collapsed like it was supposed to, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that it has still maintained a lot of vigor, right? There is something about the... Uh, the, the words on the page that I think will remain for a very long time, um, despite all the naysayers. Uh, many of the naysayers 
weren't people buying books anyway in the first place. Yeah. So, you know. Um, now, n- newspapers are a different story, right? Those are fleeting things. They're here for one day and then they're gone. That's a different thing. But to return to a book, as Luther would say, right, it's not, um, it's not how many books you have read, but uh, the good book that you have reread, right? So um, there, there is something about the pastor's office as being this guy is somewhat, this guy's a, a professional theologian and an intellectual, right? I, I'm not saying you got to have a million books. I am saying, though, that you should be well-read. There's advantages of having those physical books. There's advantages of being able to lend, lend those out. There's advantages of, of, of your parishioner coming in and saying, okay, maybe this guy has thought about some things. And maybe he has read widely so that he's not really going to jump down this rabbit hole or, this, or, or go down, go down uh, with, a, with guns a-blazing defending this one little hill that probably shouldn't be, right? Because right. he's only read one book. I, it constantly bothers me that somebody has read one book and feels like they're an expert. And then I look at myself and go, uh, maybe I'm that way on a lot of different things. And it spurs me on to read more widely, right? And that almost of necessity sometimes is the case when, um, when we take on courses at the college, right? Uh, in academia, you go for a very specific, um, as you go on in grad school, it gets more specific, more specific, more specific. And so, um, you know, when you pick up a new course in an area, Often you are, um, for parts of that course, not for all of it, but for parts, um, staying like one step ahead of the students, right? Yeah. And there's courses that we've each taken on where we probably have said to the students, like, there's going to be parts of this where, where we're in this together, yeah. right? Like, um, But I will say that's not a fun way to teach. No, it's um, scary, and, in fact. Yeah, and so there are um, – there. But if I could just take that apart into two things, what you were saying, there's the issue of the number of books, and then there's the, the issue of being well-read. Yeah. Um, and I would say, and this would be a mea culpa on my part, um, there's a number of books in my office that I um, have bought because I, I plan to get to that increasingly I think I'm not going mm-hmm. to get to. Mm-hmm. Um, and so... Um, you know, being being well read again can be carried out in a number of ways, and and maybe you're getting an interlibrary loan, whatever else, for a lot of things. I don't think Mike's saying that it's just the power of the aesthetic that it no. is conveying knowledge, but but it's not nothing, right? But yeah, once again, to get at that, they can see that there's substantive things on the on the shelf, and that's what I would stress. That's and it, and this is I've learned. I would like really good copies of the stuff I'm going to go back to again and again and again, right? Like I want um, for the the Gospels, I want some really good commentaries because that those, I'm going to be preaching on those or they're going to be at least one of the, the lessons again and again and again. Like I want, figure out for me what commentaries I really appreciate like those are worth getting, and I'm gonna go back to and and if um, sometimes they're a little pricey here at the college, we're a little spoiled. Sometimes we have a, in the budget, um, but I I know in the parish, my parish was very generous when I said, you know, there's some things that would be helpful to get. Like that became a line item, mm-hmm. um, and maybe that can be the case, and and they will appreciate it when they see the fruits of it. Yep. Um, but like some good copies of those things, I want. Um, I would say. A, a few good church histories, right? Like I need some, 
a couple good Reformation history texts that I can return to um, that when I go, um, oh, someone asked me about this thing in Luther's life or this whatever, like that I know I can be like, you know, I'm going to dig more and then I'll get back to you. But I, I can have that on my shelf and I can develop locale gedeckness. Where is it mm-hmm. in the book? Um, something, uh, I would say a couple general church histories, right? Um, homiletics, I think it's worth having a, a couple good homiletical resources, um, books on preaching that we can go back and, and just... Um, examples of preaching. Yeah. Right, yeah, and you know, Pushtilla and stuff like that. Um, those, I think, you know, you narrow down. Um, if it's a book you're just trying to figure out, well, do I have interest in this? And there is some topics where reading one book is enough. Right, there's things that are people commonly ask about, but you know, like, okay, this is not going to be something I agree with, or this is not going to be central, and this is not something that deserves. Like, I'm sorry, f- one good fleeting. book on the Jehovah Witnesses is enough for me. Uh, right, like, there are certain things that can be fleeting too. Right, yeah, I would agree with that. Um, but yeah, I would agree with your central premise that there should be things that convey. Uh, there's a substantive nature. Um, maybe somewhere where or I or on the other side. Um, is so we mentioned right the pastor study or the pastor's office. I would say my office here definitely looks like a a study. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, often when people come in, they say there's a lot of books, and, mm-hmm. and I'm working on it. It's a problem I have. Mm-hmm. Uh, my wife is we're very both forgiving. Bi- bibliophiles, not in the sense that we're buying rare books, but we buy faster than we can read. And just the fact is too, like I will sometimes get a book because. I know it's not going to be around forever, and like I want that to get handed down at some yeah. point, whether it comes up in a um, book auction at the seminary. I don't think either of my boys is going into pastoral ministry, but but that that is there is a resource for down the road. Like I do think that's something that's important for me, or you know maybe I get students who go on and do stuff that that I want to be able to help them with. Mm-hmm. Um, so to have a book that maybe isn't going to always be a book they can get in the library that's also of interest to me if i have to there i might buy where otherwise i might not um Mm -hmm. but um i would say for the the pastor's office um you want to be a place where you feel comfortable studying it should have um some studious vibes i guess if i can speak like a teenager um that you're you're um maybe even uh michael has in his office and i do not in mine and I, i like it um, a comfortable like comfortable chair comfortable chair that he can sit in and, and read in um, so you want to have that um, but it's also office this is where you carry out your officium your um, your ministry whatever that may be so us largely with students but um then the parish with a variety of people um, I always appreciated um, and I tried to work at this in the spaces I had when I was in the parish. And I've tried a little. When you come in my office here at the college, there's a round table that you see right when you come in. Mm-hmm. That's the best I have. for like We don't have a furniture budget, whatever. Right. We have small offices. and Yeah, Yeah, but that right when you walk in, you don't have to like navigate. Mm-hmm. And it's not like I'm sitting at a desk facing the wall and now I'm going to turn whatever. That's what I could come up with. You have a nice where you're behind your desk, but right people can sit in front. Um, I would say also that it's amenable to, um, you know, your office. And here's where I've seen pastors do really good things that I've, I wouldn't say I've been jealous of because it's not in a bad way, but 
very appreciative of it. I've thought, oh, man, I would love to do that too. Where sometimes you walk in and there's just an area that's clearly set aside, if there's room, um, for ministry. Yep. An area that um, you're not so close to each other that uncomfortable but not so far apart that um, it's awkward. Um, that can be used maybe for instruction but can also be used for counseling or absolution. Right? That's, I think mm-hmm. it's very nice to have an area. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of times people are coming for absolution. They just don't know yep. it. Like every church is practicing private absolution. It just sometimes doesn't start sometimes as private absolution. counseling. Yeah. Um, and to have a space that is amenable to that. And I, um, I would especially say I've seen um, younger guys do this very well, I've noticed. Um, I think that conveys office study. And I also think to have those two spaces, I've never done this well, but I think it it is good if there can be some distinctiveness to it so that when you're when you're doing study, which there should just be reflective, purposeful study, like um, the older I get, the more I just appreciate the time of like, you know what? Um, I, I'm happy if I see that my pastor has on his calendar, like this is this is study hours. Mm-hmm. Like this is... He's just not available unless it's an emergency, and this is why. Um, and uh, because, um, and something else that uh, that I see some guys doing some, I didn't even know you could do this on your phone, but now I do it. Some pastors, you know, either that I are my pastors or that I text with, and they you can do that do not disturb, yeah, yeah. where you kind of go, and it doesn't mean like if there's an emergency and you look in your phone every half hour or whatever, but it's not going to be buzzing, mm-hmm. you know, it's not going to be that distraction, um, and be dedicated. I like that office study balance of having dedicated spaces if possible. I've not achieved that. Mm-hmm. Anywhere I've been. Um, but I, I, I do think it's great when guys do. In my parish, we had a very large office. It used to be a extra room for the school, blah, 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 blah. And so I could have this huge room, and there was distinctive, like, the big desk with all the books was over here. Over here was couch, chair. We even had, like, kids' toys and stuff because there was also, like, a, a the office was used for nursery during Sunday school. So it was very, like, you... Imagine going to a therapist where both the office and the the office and the the couch were in the mm-hmm. same thing. That's what you're after here. And so I, I think when you when you when you walk into your pastor's office, you know, and it may be that there's a there's a very small place where he has his desk and stuff, and then there's a there's a greater room where this other that that's fine too, right? No, nothing's going to be perfect, but to walk into a pastor's office and know, okay, this guy's a serious theologian. But he also understands people. Yep. The place is clean. Yep. The place is I don't or, have somewhat to, like, organized. When I sit down, I'm not moving stuff to put my Yeti, Yeti mug down. Like there is some, I, I've been into lots of pastor's office where they have kept every sheet of paper from every conference in the last 30 years and just piled on the I'm floor. I'm so happy we're going paperless now because you know what, Michael? Yeah. Can I tell you something? Yeah. That's me. Yeah. Like those things pile up and... Because I think maybe I'm going to look back at that. And I've gotten better over the yeah, years. I'm definitely yeah. now to the point of like, Wade, you're not going to use it. Just toss yeah, it. Yeah. But you, you don't want to be sterile. But at the same time, you want to look organized. Mm-hmm. And you go, well, that's not me. Well, it's not about you. This is about the office, mm-hmm. too. And I think you can be purposeful about this, that you do. You are organized. It is clean. And that there are some personal touches. There's a picture of your family. Maybe there's a small here and there. Wait, they have pictures of my family in their office? Yeah, <laughs> no. You, that, that would be fine, too. Um, that would be nice, like kind of like 
um, with dictators and popes. Yeah. Where people will have. Right. Or like in the post office, you have the, uh, the president. Yeah. Um, let me finish my point. Um, I will be uploading. I will pick a picture, and I think I'll upload that to the website for those who do desire to display a picture of my family in their office. It'll be printable, but also big enough to be framed. Yeah. Um, so there should be some personal touches. That's okay. Like maybe, like in my office, I'm not over the top with my sports teams, but there's a little few things there, or the state that I used to live in, or my family, whatever. Mm-hmm. But that there is also a religious vibe there, that there is some sort of religious art. I would suggest that there would be a crucifix in your office for your own sake, that you're, you're thinking about the death of we preach Christ crucified, but also that someone comes in here it's a welcoming place, but it's not a sterilized therapeutic place. It is a place where the pastor does his study and he's an academic, and yet it's not the crazy academic who's completely disorganized and all he cares about is his books. It is a religious place, but it is also a personal place. It's not overtly, but it is a place where you would do private confession You feel like solution. you're in the right place for what you're looking right. for. And it, I think it matters. I do like the idea, um, and it's something um, I like having across a crucifix um, that they can see wherever they're mm-hmm. seating. Um, but I did over time also um, like having one, and I haven't done it well in the office. Our, we've got these, like, um, what is a cinder block? Yeah, it's hard. It, it, we have cinder blocks, so it's hard to and hang And you're not stuff. supposed to just, like, hang up your own stuff. You're yeah. supposed to go through. Have and, them come and And trail. that can be a yeah. process, and it doesn't always... Work out well. Work out. Um, but uh, but this is, um, in the parish, I found it helpful to have a cross or crucifix that they can see above when they're talking to me. Mm-hmm. And that's one that's necessarily overpowering. You know, right, you don't right, want right. to, to some people, the cross is really hard to wrap their, especially mm-hmm. crucifix, wrap their mind around. But I also liked having one that I could see when I looked at them, and I found that very helpful um, for remembering what I was there for, especially at the times when we all as pastors get tempted to do things we're not qualified to do, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and um, because we want to fix things or whatever, mm-hmm. um, to remember what they were there for and what I'm there for, um, which was to be a long gospel, right? A, um, especially the gospel to, 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 to serve them as Christ, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I do like that idea very much. Maybe a couple of other thoughts. One is uh, the organization, and this is unsolicited advice from a middle-aged guy. But Are we still middle? When does middle age end? We're getting older, Michael. I don't know. We got a ways. Okay. Um, I would suggest. I like that you rubbed your belly when yeah, I asked. I was just, you know. Yeah. Um, I would suggest that maybe you're the. I hate the word creative type, but you know what I mean. Um, you're not. You're more artist than accountant. Okay. I think in this office and in all of your vocations, since it's not really about your self-actualization about yourself, but about the neighbor, that if you're more of an artist to get organized for the sake of your, your parish, for the sake of yourself, that you could have those times where like Friday afternoon, I do, I'm not, I'm done with, I'm more so organized. I'm done with the bulletin. I'm done with all this that I can just study, just think uh, that that's an underrated, right. That's an underrated uh, pastoral uh, 
I don't know, skill. And that's what I meant by reflective yeah. study. That yeah. like, I think sometimes we think study always means I've got the book right there and I'm actively reading. Yeah, I know. It could be like pacing around your office, thinking about the future of your parish, thinking about what to say, thinking about not just the next sermon, but what you want. Reflective about your the, the whole the whole ministry as a whole. Yeah. Reflective about what you read that week yeah. or what. Yeah. It. I mean, it. Med, meditatio. Yeah. Yeah. It's not always how can I read through as it much as I can. It could be self-examination. Yeah. It could, I mean, there's all kinds of stuff. There are times when you, you, you turn your brain off to something else and, and you're, you're, you start to plan for the future. You start to are, are look in the past. You are self-reflective, all those good things. So, but I think a lot of times guys feel so busy because they, they end up being disorganized. So, and this is me. Yeah. I, I, I worked at a, a factory and the, and uh, in college and the 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 lessons I learned there actually still with me. You don't double handle things, so I don't double handle emails generally. If I read it and I can take care of it, I take and care I of it. And I do, which is why what do I often have to do, Michael? Yeah. So I have to apologize. You're double you're double handling this this task that you put off simply because you didn't want to do it. Do it right. There are those little tricks, I think, to say, to be a little bit organized, not for the sake that you become mechanical, but actually for the opposite, so that you do have the time to be, to quote unquote, waste time on reflection, to be able to go to someone's house and go, you know what, I, I thought this was going to be a 20 minute visit, but I'm going to be here for two hours. That's okay, because I already got my stuff done. Yeah, that kind of stuff. So the organization of the office, where things are, where you put papers, honestly, your inbox, you can create folder. I mean, all of these things sound a little your silly gun. for us, but they are important. Last thing. Should you have a gun in your office, Michael? Should you have a gun? No. Um, <laughs> the Where your coffee mug is important. You don't want it to mm-hmm. fly off your bike. That kind of stuff. Last thing. We're talking about the crosses. Would you put your bicycle in your office? What's that? Would you put your bicycle in your? Office? I don't have a bicycle, so. Like, if you had one, would you put it maybe next to? Uh, would you put it next to the person who doesn't have a bicycle to annoy him? In the studio, yeah. yeah. Um, it's a nice bike. Yeah, it is. It is very nice. Um, the crosses. Uh, what we did at our our parish, because people are maybe not used to the crucifix or whatever. There are spaces outside of the, uh, the worship space where you have to decorate. You know, and so you usually the old way was to put a you know a picture of. Uh, 1971 Jesus there, you know, his head. Um, we did a wall of crosses where we bought one that was a crucifix and then a couple other ones to get going. And then we encouraged people when they would travel to buy maybe uh, a cross, unique cross from wherever. And then they would add it to this wall of crosses. That's a good way for people to get used to crucifix and the cross and, and decorate. I've seen people who do it in their house as well. So, Yeah. You just had that thought when you were talking about looking, that it can be uncomfortable to look at a cross, which it should be. It should be. I would say, too, and I think you you brought up a good point, and um, I feel like maybe I'm the foil on a lot of these things. Um, I And I was just cleaning my office again on, uh, um, shoot, uh, must have been Thursday, Friday, because friends were on campus for a tour or two. But um, it's not just that... I find that if in my office, if I let things stack up, like work stuff, 
um, that other people might be put off when they come in to meet with me um, because there's this stuff. I just, I find, and the older I get, the more distracted. And I don't know if that's a function of the technologies that I have let myself fall victim mm-hmm. to or just getting older. Um, I like the idea of being able to be present for your various um I don't even want to say tasks or responsibilities, but things that go with your calling. To be present in, in various ways in your calling. Um, and if I see that stuff there and I'm trying to be present for a student, that stuff not only may be distracting for them, I find myself going, oh, that's right, i got to write that test. Mm-hmm. And so I have whatever. Um, and, uh, and so I've found I almost have to declutter um, not just so that it, I mean, my office is relatively clean as it is, and I feel like a... Um, but even more as time has gone on, um, not just so that it looks nice when people come in, um, but sometimes we can be so reminded of our, our other things we have to do that we never do one well. And you, what did you call that? Double handling. Yeah. Um, or trying to multitask when you can't. Right. And I just think one of the benefits, and this really is a benefit of the ministry, is if there's going to be weeks that you just can't do this. We all have we have those weeks at the college. You have them at the parish, multiple funerals or funeral wedding, whatever. We have it here where just students have a crisis, and we, this is when the papers all just came in, and the college needs us for this meeting or that. Um, but in general, uh, we have the ability to be much more intentional with our schedules than many people do in life. Right, if that makes sense, um, the uh, and I think um, having utilizing our space in a way that enables us to do so. So I have that kind of standing desk in there that's a barrier for me, and I found like if going behind the standing desk is where I go for like, okay, I'm dialed in now. Like this is not. Um, this is sometimes when I put up the sign on my door that says "Not now." Mm-hmm. Right. That's I got. I have something else. Whereas that table don't is, do that in the parish. Right. It's yeah. A different vibe here. Yeah. It, no. And it, it. I don't think it goes over well here either. I don't do it as much anymore. <laughs> um, but then that table is kind of like someone's going to walk by, and because I have the cutout glass in my door, that um, you know, um, they're going to see me, and they may, might stop in. Like that's fine. I'm accessible. Um, but I would definitely agree with you of. Um, that sometimes, for the good of others, I need to I need to to be a tidier person than I am. Um, but I just increasingly I find for my own self too. Um, so we've talked about its office, its study. Um, I would also say uh, that it's chapel in a sense, mm-hmm. um, or whatever word we want to give it. Um, something I did not do well um, for much of my ministry, and I'm trying to get better at now is um, to have my office also as a space of prayer, right? The prayer isn't just what I do when I'm at home or I'm in the chapel here, um, but to have this space that's marked out for ministry and for us here, teaching ministry, um, to to have um, that space have an intentionality to it as well, that it can be... Um, where there's time that I'm doing study that's not just towards a goal, I'm teaching a Bible class, or, um, 
<clears throat> but uh, to, for devotional piety, I don't know a good mm-hmm. way to say it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that um, is hopefully something that many of us are able to do and that, that many of those listening are able to do better than me. Um, and to have that reminder that you want, so that when you go into that space, you're not just walking into work. Mm-hmm. But yeah. this is yeah. also a place of respite. It's a place of solace. That's a big deal. And I, I felt that. Because it's supposed yeah. to be that for everybody else, right? Yeah. When they come there, they're supposed to find, but that you can do that too. I'm sorry for cutting you off as I finished the thought there, Mike, but go ahead. No, I, I was just uh, saying that that really resonated with me, this idea of uh, when I go when I went to my parish office, I felt, ha, ah, I felt home. I felt, I felt good, right? Uh, I don't know if everybody else felt that way, but I certainly felt that way. Like there was direction, there was it's going to be okay. Like this is you know this is this is going to be fine. This world's going to be okay, uh, despite all of it, all of its problems. So yeah, I you know I was when you brought this uh, topic up I was like okay that's a five minute thing but I I think we did okay now this may not be for everybody but yeah and we talked a lot to pastors here Mm -hmm. but I would say um laity you uh this is an area where you can be a big help to your pastor um because I hope that listening to this episode isn't now just okay you're gonna judge uh, you're gonna go look at your pastor's office (laughs) and judge him um because that would be very unfair um, often your pastor's office is a function of the space provided him, mm-hmm. of the resources provided him. A, a, a line in the budget for books would be very welcome. Of for the encouragement pastors. given to him by members or by leadership. Um, and I think we've gotten better synodically of recognizing that we need to take care of called workers and encourage called workers to take care of themselves um, because you can get very much caught up in giving and doing for others. Um, this is an area, what are some ways where you can maybe be a help for your called worker? Um, I would say one regarding libraries, um, buy them books sometimes. Um, I have my Luther's work set, which I could never afford on my own because there was a member who would come in and, and say, well, how many of these other, so well, there's this meant me and I have these that I got at book auction, whatever. And um, they just said, you know what? Hey, they came back a while later and they're like, we did the math and like, okay, how about if we just order you these volumes? Mm-hmm. That's extremely kind. Yeah, you know, um, uh, to to maybe um, if you once in a while you're looking to do something nice for your pastor, say, you know, as a pastor, is there anything you've you've wanted to read or anything you've been looking to get? Um, And maybe you can get that for them. Um, uh, To maybe if your pastor's office is kind of the room that was left in the church um, and you're in a position where you can encourage, uh, pastor would... Would you like it painted? Is there mm-hmm. what color would you like it? Um, maybe if the flooring, you know, is is seventy years old, mm-hmm. um, to to ask what can be done for the space, um, furnishing. I don't. Um, now I'm very blessed at the college, but because my wife is working now, she went back for an accounting degree, um, and so we have two salaries, and we once again. There's things budgeted at a college that's not budgeted in a parish. So um, I might not get fancy new furniture in my office, but if I say I need a bookshelf, like they bring it from somewhere. I don't know where it comes from. Or like that table, I took that from somewhere. It was, you know, and, um, but um, maybe it's a way of saying, you know, uh, maybe it's being able to say, um, Pastor, what would you like to do with this space? Um, 
rather than like, hey, pastor, maybe someone will die and like off their family will offer you their old beat up, whatever yeah. that you can use. Um, but to say, you know, here's because this this space is being used for you and for the mission of of your church. Um, and then I would say as well, not just strictly related to the pastor's office. And this, I think, can be another episode sometimes. But for laity as well, um, is there a space in your home, in your apartment, you know, wherever you're staying, um, that you're utilizing in such a way for prayer, study, reflection? Now, maybe you're not having people over to minister to them. If you're not called to do so, right, that's not your task. Um, but whether that be the family altar or simply having an intentional space in your house, that's something else I think I've become more appreciative as I age um, to just say like this, this space is this. Um, and that, that Jesus talks about going in your closet and praying, right? This, this may not be that you have a whole room. You might be in Manhattan in a one bedroom apartment. Um, but there's, there's something intentional about space and that may be another episode, but I just want to make clear um, the point of this episode is not, Oh, look at your pastor, judge him. Uh, this is, this is rather, um, I came, my first office was the school had closed just before I got there. Um, and there was a room with an accordion wall mm -hmm. and my office was one side of it, which was also the counting area, mm -hmm. um, sometimes. And then the kids would play on the other side. There was kids toys. So if I had someone in tears after the service that wanted to talk to me, mm -hmm. like, not ideal. It'd be like, let's go talk. I'd have to tell the counters, wait a little bit. And then kids would like open the door to go and play and the accordion wall would move. Mm -hmm. And like, that wasn't that I was like, I want to be an inhospitable pastor. That's mm -hmm. what there was. Well, it turned out in the actual church, since the school had closed, it didn't make much sense for me at my office to be there because I wasn't functioning as principal too, um, as the previous pastor did, um, that we were able to revamp room. And I had a member who did flooring and he put a mm -hmm. carpet in and I just I had phenomenal trustees mm -hmm. I, I mean I was so blessed and we painted it and I had a member who said hey would you like this I'll make this for you right that ability um, to kind of create it wasn't the biggest room but we could make mm -hmm. the space work um, but that neat I couldn't have just done that mm -hmm. there's no way I could have just done that um, and so to recognize um, do we as a congregation um appreciate the importance of this space and sometimes um it's not a space that some of us are in very often especially maybe leadership that maybe there's a different meeting room that they're often meeting in whatever else maybe they haven't been go mm -hmm. going through something in life where they're meeting with pastor um but for many people that space is um important. one that will mark them for life right I can still remember Pastor Vertz's office. I could tell you what was where because after I got kicked out of adult instruction class with the group and I had to do it one-on-one, -on -one, we met in his office. And that space then took on for me. Um, it's marked with me learning these things and these discussions that I had. And, um, and then knowing, um, I think that's another powerful thing of it, knowing once I was confirmed, like I'm comfortable in the space. If something comes up, like, this space is a space that I can go and talk to pastor, right? Um, and so I, I just say that because, um, right, this, this is the, the congregation's footprint, this mm -hmm. building. Um, and maybe that's something that we can, as leaders in a congregation, which both of us are, Michael, neither of us mm -hmm. are parish pastors right now, 
um, that maybe we can hopefully encourage, you know, to say this is um, a way that you can really serve your called workers um, in this. Excellent. I think that was wonderful. I think we covered it. So um, Fantastic. I assume Michael is going to meet me over um, at 77th and Blue Mound to look for my magnetic slider. Mm-hmm. The um, because I can I can tell he tells it bothers me. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I'm gonna ride over there. Yeah, yeah. And I think between the between the two of us, yeah, we could. Yeah. The two of us will uh, will find that, yeah. huh? We'll we'll Michael. keep you updated about that, dear listeners. Until then, let the bird, bird fly. fly. Another round. Another round.